Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I'm going to read, but I'm reading from the Amplified New Testament because I want to use it for discussion purposes. Following you, King James, from Romans chapter 8, and again, beginning at verse 4 and reading through 8. You'll see the parallel, but I think you can notice the clarity that the Living Bible makes over the King James in this particular incident. By the way, I will run over the hour just a little bit this evening. I guarantee you I can't get through in 20 minutes. So don't worry about it if that happens. Beginning at verse 4. So now we can obey God's laws if we follow after the Holy Spirit and no longer obey the old evil nature within us. Those who let themselves be controlled by their lower natures live only to please themselves. But those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing those things that please God. Follow after the Holy, uh, following after the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace, but following after the old nature leads to death. Because the old sinful nature within us is against God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their old sinful selves, bent on following their old evil desires, can never please God. Let us pray. Our Lord, we pray now that you would continue in our midst with the power of your Spirit that we have certainly felt this evening. Stir our hearts and our minds and bring us closer to you as we study your word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, I hope I said three things. And it's difficult sometimes when I reflect back over what I've done to know if I really did it or not. And I'm somewhat unsure that and I made the real points this morning that I wanted to make and made them clear enough to, for us to comprehend. I had entitled this message, The Power of Life. And what I was attempting to, to get across this morning was that within us, There is a power. That power is called the Holy Spirit. It's placed there because of what Jesus Christ did upon the cross of Calvary. And that Spirit tells us that we are not condemned in the sight of God because we have been liberated from, we've been freed from the power of sin. Now that... That, in a nutshell, is what I was trying to say this morning uh, for one point. The other point that I was hoping to make is that if we are trying to be obedient to a given set of written laws, even that from from the Bible itself, we will discover that we're going to fail, for we're not saved by being obedient to any given set of criteria. We're saved by the power of God through Jesus Christ, and that only. Now, I don't know if I got that across this morning, but let me, let me get it across now. 
as we, we began the rest of it. Then I made the point that because, tried to, because God recognized that man could not be saved by the Old Testament law that he gave to Moses, he made a new plan. And that new plan is, of course, nothing other than Christ. And that new plan makes us new people, new creatures. We've got a new outlook on life. We have a vision this evening as a church as to what the Lord wants to accomplish in this community. And we're, we're seeing fruits of that vision begin to develop. That started, I don't know when, but it is developing. And the, the enthusiasm that we see amongst our young people and what they're going to do and are doing, the enthusiasm that we see in, in new people coming into our midst ought to uh, shake us old folk up and cause us to realize that we're in a day of serving the Lord like we've never been in. And they probably, some of our new members and, and young people are probably spurring us on and making us realize that, that what our purpose is. So, from that point then, let us look at verse 4. I'm going to try to go verse by verse here for, uh, through the rest of this to, to notice some points. All right. He has said in verse 3 that we are a new creature, and we dealt with that this morning. Being therefore a new creature, he begins in verse 4 to say that we ought to live like a new creature. Now here comes our problem. We have a complete struggle within us. The old nature and the new nature clash. You would be surprised at how much time I spend with some of the people of this church in dealing with that one issue. When certain individuals are so determined, and I mean determined, to be the best Christian that it's possible to be in our midst and come to me for advice and instruction as to how can I accomplish that when those old things in my life keep cropping up and trying to tear down my new intentions. My new nature isn't seemingly being successful is what I hear. I think we must realize that we have a struggle going on all the time between the old and the new. And before this evening's over, I want to address that in even more uh, in depth than I have to this point. But as we talk to people who are not Christian, and we think they ought to become Christian, we hear all kinds of excuses and reasons. And sometimes no reasons whatever, as one gentleman in this community that I spoke to just recently admitted, yes, I need to accept Christ. And I said, how about let's do it now? And he said, no. But with no reason. But somewhere in his heart, there is a reason. Some people come back with the argument and make it plain, I will become a Christian as soon as I can decide that I can hold out. Well, listen, if you think you can hold out as a Christian on your own, you're never going to make it. 
There's only one thing that makes us successful. It's not us. It's not our determination. It's our obedience unto Jesus Christ. It's the power of the Spirit within us that makes us successful, and not we ourselves. And so don't say, I want to be sure that I can hold out, or try to counteract that when somebody else says it, because that certainly cannot be. No one in his own strength or by his own determination can be successful as a Christian. A Christian is one who recognizes himself as weak and inferior, but simply gives himself and yields himself to the power of the Spirit. It's the power of the Spirit that works through us and does things. Whatever success we have, as Lefe stated so very well in her testimony, and I don't know if you know this, Lefe, but you enthuse me with your testimony. It, it, it prepares me to preach when I hear you testify. Because there's one thing I know, uh, if there is one person in this congregation that prays, I know she does. When I laid in the hospital in Marietta, one of the thoughts that went through my mind is, I don't know how many people praying for me, but there's one lady I know that is, and that was you. That thought went through my mind. Not that I didn't think the rest of you were, but there was no question, no uncertainty. That's the kind of thing that, that we need. We cannot do anything of our own selves. We are weak and inferior, but by the power of God, through Jesus Christ, we can accomplish all things. That's what Paul said. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Now dissect that phrase. He did not say, I can do all things. He said, I can do all things through Christ. Only through Christ can we accomplish anything, but we can go further than that and say, in the name of Christ, we can accomplish anything. And I believe your statement, Leafy, the three people that you mentioned that you're praying for, I'm as convinced as you are that we will see those gentlemen and many others in this community accept Christ because the power of God is going to be so strong upon their lives that they cannot resist. And what's going to make it strong is because you and you and you and you and all of us are praying in unison for the same thing. There's where the power is. If there is a statement of all the scripture that is the power of positive thinking that Norman Vincent Peale uh, has been credited with establishing, and I had his book at one time, The Power of Positive Thinking. I believe that verse is the power of positive thinking. I don't subscribe to all of his uh, theology that he preaches, nor to Robert Schuller's possibility thinking, I believe is what he calls his, but that verse certainly is true. There is nothing that can stop us when Christ is in us. If you believe that, this church will not be stopped in winning the loss for Christ in this community. Now, look at that verse 4, and in the Living Bible, it says, as soon as I can find the verse, so now we can obey God's laws. This morning we said we cannot be saved by being obedient to God's laws. But once we're saved, once we're saved, 
it is possible for us to be obedient to God's laws. Why? Because it's no longer we who are trying to do something. It's Jesus Christ doing it through us. And there's nothing that can get in his way. So Paul was certainly right when he said, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. The question is not can we do it, but will we do it? Paul said here that we can. The question is will we? Not can we live for Christ, but will we live for Christ? There comes the big issue. We will live for Christ when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, too many of us, and myself included, and I'm sure everybody in this congregation, has a tendency to pray to God and then go out and try to do it ourselves. I'd be surprised if, that's, if you don't act like I do. I dealt with this very issue with, with a lady just recently who believes in the power of prayer, and we try to lay all of the issues before God in prayer to Him, and there was a tremendous tendency to get up off the knees and say, but I can't do it. And I could not seem to get through. Certainly you can't do it. In your own power, you never win. But let go of yourself and let God have control, and it will be accomplished. Now, it may not be accomplished when we want and the way we want it, but listen, God deals with us and works with us when we yield ourselves to him and simply say, Lord, here we are. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, but we can go on and say, and I will do all things through Christ that strengthens me. There's a hymn that we sing that says, Will you live for Jesus? Be always pure and good. Will you walk with him within the narrow road? Would you have him bear your burdens and carry all your load? His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul, and you will see what's best for him to have his way with thee. If you can sing that, I can sing it from the depths of our heart. Will I live for Jesus? Be always pure and good? The question is, will I, not can I? All right, go on to verse 5. Those who let themselves be controlled by their lower natures live only to please themselves. But those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing those things that please God. I love it in the Living Bible better than I do in the King James, this verse most particularly. Those who let themselves be controlled by their lower nature. Now that probably is the most of us. There are two kinds of Christian people. Just two kinds. There's a carnal Christian, which means worldly Christian, and then there's a spiritual Christian. Now both are saved. They're not saved because, you see, we're not saved by what we do. We're saved by what Jesus Christ did. So they're both saved. A carnal Christian is one who is saved, but he doesn't live like he is. 
Now we mix those up many times with the unsaved because we can't tell the difference. Only the Lord knows. There are lots of people in our churches, this church and every other church, who are carnal. Who have been saved, but their life is anything but a testimony to Jesus Christ. They have gone back to living like they once lived. They have returned to the old ways of doing things. They, like Peter, left from the crucifixion and went back out into his old, old, normal, everyday life. He said, I go fishing. I give up. I quit. There are lots of Christian people who have quit Christ. And how anybody could, could love that person is, is beyond me, but the Lord still does. Because the Lord did save their soul, but their life is anything but a demonstration of that salvation. What's the difference between, then, a carnal Christian and one who is spiritual? A spiritual Christian is one who is controlled by the Holy Spirit. The question is, who controls our life? The devil or Christ? Satan or the Holy Spirit? The carnal Christian may be saved, but his everyday life is controlled by the power of Satan. That which he does and that which he says is anything but an honor and a glory to God. The carnal Christian who is one who lives for himself, who is selfish. The spiritual Christian is one who is willing to give and give and give of himself because he loves other people. He loves other people because he loves Christ. And we're not going back into the love theme. This is the problem that the church has. We have people within our memberships that are carnal. It's not can they live for Christ, it is will they live for Christ. It's a matter of the will. Look at verse 6. It says, following after the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace, but following after the old nature leads to death. The Methodists have a good word that few Baptists use, and but most of us sort of think it's no good anymore, but it's a good word. It's the word backsliding. Now, I interpret backsliding different than the Methodists do. Because the Methodists, or many of them, at least the ones that I grew up around in my community, the preachers that I know who are Methodists, and I have some good friends who are Methodist preachers. I cherish them very dearly, and they're good Christian people, but I think they've misunderstood the Scripture on this one point. Because I believe that a person cannot lose his salvation. I think the Scripture teaches that without any doubt. But once you're saved, you are saved, period. You can't do anything about it. Once you give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's got you. You may be the carnal Christian from that point on, but you're still saved. But many Christians backslide, that is, go back into their old way of living and are not a credit to the Savior that saved them. They walk in the realm of sin and Satan is in control. There is no evidence of salvation within them. They look and they act like a non-Christian those are the backsliders. 
the, the Methodists and some others believe that backsliding means that you can lose your salvation and have to be saved over again. But let me tell you this, if you can lose your salvation and have to be saved again, you're going to have to find another Savior because there was only one. And he only died one time. He died once and for all. And if he has to die again for your salvation, he's not going to do it. We've got to believe that once we're saved, we will remain saved. We may be carnal in the way we live, but we are saved. And this is the problem that we face. The carnal Christian is a worldly Christian. And I believe the carnal Christian is a miserable Christian. He's miserable to himself, he's miserable to his family, and he's miserable to the church. He creates furor, he creates disturbances, he creates problems. Why? Because he's being led around by the nose by the power of Satan, and he's allowing it to happen. It doesn't have to be that way. We should be being led by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it ought to be demonstrated in our lives. Verse 8 says, these people never please God. I think the question that you and I need to ask ourselves this evening is, are we pleasing to God in the way we live? If you're not happy in your Christian life. It's not God's fault. It certainly isn't the Lord's fault. And I don't think you can blame the preacher nor the church. And I don't think you can even blame the deacons, although that'd be a good place to put the blame. Can't do that. We cannot go around blaming other people for our condition. I do not subscribe to this uh, proposition that the society or the school or the church or whatever has made people what they are. The alcoholic can blame nobody for his alcoholism but himself. A person who has become addicted to drugs may have been encouraged and pushed that direction, but listen, he took the drugs. And I certainly believe the church has responsibility and the school responsibility and society responsibility, but when it comes down to the bottom line, every adult is responsible for his own action. And when one stands before the judgment seat of God, we will answer for ourselves. And I'm not going to be answering for you. And the church isn't going to be answering for you. And you're not going to be answering for somebody else. We will stand on our own two feet and respond to God as to how we have lived our life in Turtle Creek. The carnal Christian does not please God. The spiritual Christian will. So I guess the bottom line is to ask the question, what kind of a Christian are we? Are you a miserable Christian? Are you happy with yourself in the way you live? The way you treat the church? The way you treat your neighbors? 
If you're not, there's some carnality in there somewhere that's causing the problem. And it's time, I believe, that the church, this one and every other one, and by that I mean every member of, of this organization, stops and takes a look at himself in relationship to the cross of Christ. And ask ourselves, are we living, as the phrase is, are we living beneath the cross? Or are we way out in left field somewhere? How are we living? We can obey. The question is, will we? How will we live for Christ? Will you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Will you? Will you walk with him within the narrow road? Will you? That's your problem. Mine. Each of us as individuals must decide how we are going to relate to Jesus Christ. As a carnal, wayward, unhappy, miserable Christian, or as one who loves the Lord and demonstrates it. I really like it. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.